1: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, August the 29th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On August 29, 2005, Hurricane Katrina hit the Gulf Coast. We all remember that, I'm sure. It brought floods that devastated New Orleans. More than 1,800 people died as a result of that storm. Today, in 1632, English philosopher John Locke was born in Somerset. I mention that because John Locke was very instrumental in the founding of this country, although he was not a founder. But his writings influenced our founding fathers, particularly having to do with civil law. Civil law was drawn from biblical teaching by Blackstone and guys like later like John Locke. Today, in 1814, during the War of 1812, Alexandria, Virginia, Formally surrendered to the British military forces. That occupation lasted until September the 3rd. Today, in 1862, the Bureau of Engraving and Printing began operations at the United States Treasury. Now they're printing a lot of money now. That's part of the problem. Biden is spending it faster than the presses can print it. Today, in 1957, the Senate gave final congressional approval to a Civil Rights Act after South Carolina Senator Strom Thurmond, he was a Democrat then, he ended the filibuster that lasted 24 hours. Today, uh, 2008, Republican presidential nominee John McCain picked Sarah Palin to be his running mate. Kind of shocked the political world, for sure, especially McCain's friends. Today, in 2013, in a sweeping new policy statement, the Justice Department said it would not stand in the way of states that wanted to legalize, tax and regulate marijuana as long as they were effective controls there were there were effective controls to keep marijuana away from kids, the black market and federal property. 5 years ago today, comedian Kathy Griffin, you may not remember the name but you'll remember what she did. She retracted her apology She had apologized for posing with a likeness of President Donald Trump's head, bloody and all. She was kind of holding it by the hair. A severed head wasn't really, of course, but it was the likeness of that. She walked on stage. Kathy Griffin will do anything to make a buck and get a laugh. I can tell you she's a desperate woman, but nonetheless, she had done that. The pushback, <clears throat> excuse me, was so strong, even from the left. I mean, that they said, that ah, that's too much. Today, no, they would applaud that. But five years ago, they said, that's too much. So Kathy Griffin came out seeking more publicity, and she apologized. She waited a while, and five years ago today, she came out and retracted her apology. She said, nope. She said that was, um, uh, the anger against me was overblown. She said people agree. So I'm retracting my apology. We live in a weird world, culture, right now. I got this note from a woman that touched my heart. Dear Gary, I've been listening to your program for several months. I love your program. I am homeless, a Christian, and a conservative. I want to contribute to keep you on the airwaves. She said, quote, I don't understand why the radio station has a disclaimer before your program begins each day. Maybe you have an answer to that question. I pray for your ministry to stay on the airwaves through these bad times our country and our people are going through. God bless you and your ministries. I'm sending a money order of $30. Sincerely. And she did. She sent it. Thank you. If you're listening this morning, I'll answer your question. The disclaimer that you hear, not on all of the stations I'm on, but on some of them, that disclaimer is put there to protect the station from being um, sued for something I might say, and they want to up front say they don't, they may not agree with everything I say. I mean, that I'm just being frank about it. Um, David Jeremiah doesn't have a disclaimer, I don't think. And a lot of the other programs that you listen to, Chuck Swindoll and all those guys, um, we do. (laughs) And uh, that's the reason. It's to protect the the stations from Gary. So that's why that's there and that answers your question. But I also want to speak to the fact that I appreciate so much the sincere, the very transparent support that we get from all kinds of different people, from businesses to people who are somewhat wealthy, perhaps very wealthy, to people. This person in particular is living homeless right now in the Seattle area. And um, yet she says, I want to support what you're doing because I believe in it. That is kind of what this ministry is about. If you look at the people who contribute to the ministry, rich and poor, um, they have the same heart, and it's the heart that I have, and that is to try to speak the truth into the darkness, into the confusion of our world. And that's why we get up every morning and turn on the microphone and do this. And that's why, and so many of you in your notes say, thank you for all the preparation you do. We do a lot of preparation. We will always do that as long as we're on the air, because I think I have an obligation to those of you particularly, those of you who support us, but to all of you who turn on the knob and listen, I have a responsibility to you before God to say something to the best of my ability and that's what we do every day may not be great not everybody agrees i can assure you but we do the best we can and we do what we feel god wants us to do second chronicles chapter 16 says for the eyes of the lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them them whose heart is perfect toward him. The word perfect, I don't want to get into a word study here today, but the word perfect actually is probably more the the Greek word is probably or the Hebrew word is more probably more loyal than perfect. Loyal would be a better word for that. I think some translations use that. But to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is loyal toward him. So we're not striving for perfection that we cannot accomplish. We're perfect in Christ because he has forgiven our sins and justified us just as though we have never sinned is the way that God sees us, even though we know we're miserable sinners. But we are instructed to be loyal to God. And as we are loyal to God, his eyes run to and fro all over the earth and he's looking out, he sees us. And I love to say this, and I'll keep saying it as long as God gives me an opportunity to tell someone and as long as I have breath, God is in control because he is almighty God. He created all things. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made, speaking of Jesus Christ. Through him, God created the universe. And he, keeps the universe operating precisely as we are learning every day more and more about our universe. They're trying to figure out how it happened and they're scratching their head and they're spending setting up late at night and spending billions of dollars, by the way, trying to figure out how did how did this happen? Where how did this all everything become so synchronized and so perfect? It's easy. In the beginning, God created. That's the answer. So that's always a part of what we talk about here on the radio as well. I mentioned last week Mark Zuckerberg. Facebook. He said somebody was pressing him last Thursday, I think it was. And I talked about it just for a minute on this program. I want to give you a follow-up on that. And somebody was pressing him and saying something Oh, why did you, this laptop story, this Hunter Biden laptop story is clearly a problem. I mean, it's corruption. And it's all on there. President Joe Biden said, no, I don't know anything about what Hunter Biden is doing, Hunter, my son Hunter, is doing in his, you know, business dealings and blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, he knew he knows everything. He's involved in the sense that he's benefiting from it, and it's very clear now. I mean, there's there, it doesn't take a great thinker to see that. So the FBI, Mark Zuckerberg said, the FBI came to him and told him that there was this Russian misinformation dump of misinformation out there, and so to be very careful with what you allow on your website, and the intention was to kill the story about Hunter Biden just before the last presidential election. That was the intent. I mean, it's very clear. So Zuckerberg was pressed on that the other day, and he said, well, we just kind of thought, hey, look, If the FBI, which I still view as a legitimate institution in this country, it's like I'm quoting Mark Zuckerberg, it's like very professional law enforcement. They come to us and tell us that we need to be on the guard about something, that I want to take that very seriously. Well, he did, and as I said, he kind of shut off all the information, and so did the other social media platforms as well. It wasn't just Facebook, but... The FBI, when, that, when he said that last week, then people started asking FBI spokespeople, what, what's going on here? So the FBI finally admitted over the weekend that, yeah, they said, yeah, we did warn Zuckerberg and some of the other social media platforms about a Russian misinformation uh, effort. Sure they did. That's why people are losing trust in our institutions. It was all timed out just before a presidential election. And they hated Trump in some of the ways that the comedian hates him. It's really, really sad, but that's where we are. One other note that I want to I want to talk to you a little bit today about black lines matter. Not li- I mean, lives. black lives do matter, but black lines matter. I'll come back to that in a moment. But I want to, um, again, thank you for your support of this ministry. We couldn't and wouldn't be here without it. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. Despite being told that elections were safe, secure, beyond corruption. Remember how many times we said that? You've been jerked off uh, social media? I have. <laughs> uh, on website, and certain uh, carriers. We've been told that if we even suggest out loud that there was any wrongdoing in the last election, that we may be penalized. Well, last week, last week, President Biden told a group at a rally that Democrats have a plan, I'm quoting him, a plan to, in place to, quote, make sure no one, no one ever has the opportunity to steal an election again. Again? (laughs) That caught my attention. I got to be honest with you. He said, "If we elect two more senators, we keep the House and Democrats. We're going to get a lot of unfinished business, while we're going to get we're going to get it done. Folks, look," he said. "We'll codify Roe v. Wade. We'll ban we'll ban assault weapons. We'll protect Social Security and Medicare. We'll pass universal pre-K. We'll restore the child care tax credit. We'll protect voting rights. We'll pass election reform and make sure no one no one." Ever has the opportunity to steal an election again. What election is he talking about? Which election was stolen? The only recent election is the one that he won. President Biden is well known for saying things that the White House immediately has to walk back and say, no, 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 that's not what he meant. Of course, no, 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 he meant something very different than that. When he says, yeah, we'll go to war with Russia or whatever. But what was in his mind? I mean, what would, what is he thinking? He's going to make sure that no one ever again steals an election. So there was one stolen in his mind. For the past two years, the left has demonized anyone who even slightly questioned that maybe, just maybe, the Democrats did some things that are illegal or should not be done. They swooped in and took the Oval Office away from President Trump and his campaign, claiming that they are a threat to democracy. That was their main theme, and that still is the theme. I believe that Biden just admitted to stealing the election away from his predecessor. I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. I don't know. I'm not accusing him. I'm just saying, I'm just quoting him. This raises some serious questions that need to be answered. But if someone dare ask the question, like Peter Ducey of Fox, he asks those kind of questions. few journalists do, actually, but he does. But if someone were to ask, I'm sure they'd come up with some lame excuse about well, Biden actually didn't mean to say that. You know, from, there's only 70 days from today till the midterms. Meanwhile, during that event, when Biden was saying he will never allow a, an election to be stolen again, during that event, a heckler shouted real loud. You could hear it on the video. He said, you stole the election at Biden. Biden paused and looked at him. he said, ignorance knows no boundaries. I would agree with that. Ignorance knows no boundaries. Well, I'll tell you. Former President Trump has responded with fire and humor after heavily redacted affidavit that paved the way for the FBI to search his home at Mar-a-Lago was revealed on Friday. A lot of this news came out after we went off the air on Friday, so it's Kind of played out over the weekend. I want to touch on it this morning. Former president took his truth social account. He they can't kick him off that because he owns it. But anyway, he uh he said affidavit heavily redacted. They finally had admitted to or agreed to to release this. Trump kept saying release it all. He said, I want it all out there because I have nothing to hide. I'm not defending Trump, I'm defending truth. The former president said affidavit heavily redacted, nothing mentioned on nuclear secrets, a total public relations subterfuge by the FBI and DOJ. That was Donald Trump. Millions agreed. With most of the affidavit redacted, the released document shows just how much those black lines matter. In his follow-up post on his Truth Social, he said, Witch Hunt and another that said they missed a page. Then he put up a fake a- affidavit. It's, it's not, It was not part of it. It was a fake. It was satire. <clears throat> but he put up a fake affidavit image attached that showed everything blacklined or redacted other than the words, make America great again on the page. So out of a whole page of type, you saw four words that made That wasn't true, but he, he made that to make a point. It was kind of humorous, actually, I thought. While Trump was kidding about the massive redactions, make America great again, visible, it's no joke that the DOJ and the FBI seem determined to find something on him. That's the whole thing. They're not seeking justice. They're seeking destruction. And it's becoming so apparent that even us little people out here can understand it and see it. When Republican Liz Cheney claims that her life purpose is now to be sure that Trump is never elected to a public office again, and the media and the political left wholly agree with her, it gives us a glimpse into how deep the hatred for this man runs among his political enemies and the left in general. Would you vote for a woman from Wyoming who's running for the presidency of the United States and the reason she's running for the presidency is because she wants to be sure that Donald Trump is never elected to public office again. Wow. Boy, that's a, that's a purpose to, to get behind. That's a banner to follow. I mean, whether it's Donald Trump or Barack Obama, I mean, it doesn't matter. We don't elect leadership on the basis of who they hate generally and hopefully never. Whether you're a Trump supporter or not, all of us should want transparency in this attack on Trump. If he's done some things illegally or harmful to the country, we have a right to know. Perhaps those who voted for him have a greater right than those who are trying to destroy him. We need to know. If he's done stuff wrong, we need to know about it. They don't want us to know anything. Conversely, if this is a witch hunt... As Trump and others claim, they've been, man, they've been marginalized and beat up and tossed off the truck. We citizens have a right to know what's going on. The Daily Wire posted this over the weekend. DOJ releases affidavit regarding FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago. Hardly any pertinent info left unredacted. That's true. 20 of the 30 pages of that affidavit. I was looking forward to looking at it on Friday afternoon, which I did after I was off the air here. It was kind of happening then. I looked at it. I couldn't believe it. I mean, honestly, I thought, what? 20 of the 30 pages of it, and that is what is justifying the raid on Trump's personal home, are either mostly or fully redacted. This certainly tells us what the DOJ wants us to know. Nothing. Nothing or not much. The importance of what's under those black lines, though, really does matter. A federal judge is with former President Trump now and announced her preliminary intent to appoint what they call a special master. That's someone who is kind of oversees it. They're supposed to be kind of neutral and so on. But they review the documents seized by the FBI from the Mar-a-Lago, in this case, Mar-a-Lago, earlier this last month, and this judge, Eileen or Aline, Aileen, I guess it is, Cannon, she is a Trump appointee, which puts the fear into the left for sure. But that comes less than one week after Trump's legal team filed this motion seeking an independent review of all the seized documents. And th- th- even the authorities don't want that. I don't know why they don't want that because probably of what's in it. But Trump's motion was filed Monday argued the fbi raid was a political hit job against him by president joe biden who now as i said earlier has promised that he will never allow another (laughs) he like i got my election but i'm not going to allow anyone else to ever steal an election i mean that's what he was saying does he mean that i don't know what he means i don't know if he knows what he means but that's what he said it's really something the DOJ has vigorously opposed the appointment of this special master. Why would they not go along with that? You can fill in the blanks on that one. Fox News reported over the weekend, I think it was yesterday, this ju- they said, quote, Judge Cannon's decision on Saturday was based on Trump's submissions and the exceptional circumstances that were presented. There's a hearing set for September 1. What is that? Is that, what, Thursday of this week? Um uh, At 1 p.m., this judge, Cannon, has also ordered the Justice Department to file a response by August 30 and provide, under seal, a more detailed receipt for properties specifying all properties seized pursuant to the search warrant executed on August 8, 2022. Even the purpose of it and what they took, they didn't even really list. It was very generalized, like, We have a box, you know, that kind of thing. Below the black ink on the redacted pen marking on this, on this document, it asks the question, at least to me, not physically asked it, but it asks the question, is there really equal justice under the law anymore? I'm not talking about Black Lives Matter. I'm not talking about Hispanics. I'm talking about all Americans. I'm even talking about white rich guys like Donald Trump. Or little people like us, like me. Do we have equal justice under the law? I don't know. We now learn that Attorney General Merrick Merrick Garland, he took weeks to decide whether to issue a search warrant or not. It was a political move, apparently. He thought about it for weeks. He's confirmed it. He said, I didn't know for sure what I wanted to do. Then he unleashed 30 FBI agents to search Mar-a-Lago for national security and classified documents that allegedly were not turned over last spring. And yet, it's casting doubt on both the urgency of the search and the excuse for not using less drastic means to get the documents. Trump has said, and the lawyers that work for Trump have said, man, we told them again and again and again, tell us what you want. We'll give it to you. If equal justice under the law is the principle, putting aside Hillary Clinton's getting a pass on her blatant misuse of classified documents, putting them in her closet in their house, she had no consequences. Garland is yet to explain why as chief judge of the D.C. court, Circuit Court, he rubber-stamped the dismissal of an indictment requested by Eric Holder, Obama's guy, DOJ prosecutors in 2009 against a woman named Elizabeth Duke. She's a, she was a member of the radical May 19th communist terror group. There was no question about it. It's confirmed. I mean, she's very open about it. They bombed the U.S. Senate chambers in 1983. Duke became a fugitive after she was released on bail. There was no pre-tri- pretrial detention for her and uh, like was imposed on the many nonviolent January 6th defendants. They locked, up, they locked them up for over a year in solitary confinement, some of them. The FBI is now offering a $50,000 reward for her capture. How many FBI agents has Garland dispatched to capture her? And she is a known violent terrorist and bring her to justice. None. The alarming, alarming motion to dismiss the indictment was granted by Obama-appointed magistrate Judge Deborah Robinson, who falsely signed the dismissal order as an Article 3 U.S. District Court judge and falsely stated it was based on reasons given by the prosecutor when, in fact, we now know no reasons were given to the court. What's more disturbing is that Garland failed to provide the Senate Judiciary Committee when he was confirmed to his current office as Attorney General. He didn't even tell them about this, and he was supposed to be upfront and transparent with the committee when they approved his nomination. And he didn't. Is there justice anymore? (laughs) I hope so. I pray so. Alexander Hamilton said at the Constitutional Convention in 1787, he said there can be no truer principle than this, that every individual of the community at large has an equal right to the protection of government. It now appears that we may be living in an era that the government that was instituted to protect the God-given rights of the people has become a weapon rather than a covering. That's why it's important that Christians and conservatives get involved in the culture, in the political process. Know it's not wrong for Christians to be involved in politics. Thank you so much for being with me today. We'll continue this right here tomorrow.